Caution. Learning in progress. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to Smarter Every Season. My name is Tyler Hubert, and you're listening to the podcast from Precision Planning that's brought to you by the product support team here. And luckily today, we have all four original hosts, I think I would say, in studio with us. A rare occurrence over the last few months, but we're all here. This is awesome. Gentlemen, how are we? We are great. I'm doing good. Excellent. Very well. Excellent. So to my left, Nolan Kitterman is here. How you doing? Paul Harms is here across the table from me. And Hans Stetsman is here. Hello. Fresh off vacation. That's correct. I can see it in your face. That's panicky week where you try to figure out what you missed for the last week. <laughs> How was vacation? What'd you What'd you guys do? Uh, we took the kids camping for the first time and fishing. So that and the family reunion. So and how many nights did we do the camping? Two nights, three okay. days, two nights. Was that the most you could handle, or they could handle, or? Yes. We, the marriage could handle. <laughs> the marriage was actually pretty good. We were still pretty good. Good. Uh, the kids were very sad that we left. Okay. Um, I think we would have hit another day, probably would have hit some uh, some or some rough patches in the, in the father-in-law always says, three days, fish, guests, camping, those all go the way. <laughs> now, set the stage here. This was fifth wheel camper, tent. This was tent. Mm-hmm. Tent at a campground, tent so it wasn't it wasn't like out in the woods, but it was tent at a campground. There were showers available at the campground, so it wasn't completely roughing it, but it was a tent on the ground. That's all right. So, okay, but Paul, you're also fresh off vacation. Yes, we just got back a week ago from Wyoming. Tell me a little bit about that. Uh, family in Lander, Wyoming, got to go up and see some awesome mountain area, do some hikes in the woods, find a mountain lake um, without service. Phone service, mm-hmm. cell data for about four and a half days, which okay. is therapeutic. That's good. Yeah, and then we uh, and then we swung by Yellowstone on our uh, return trip for about a day and a half, which really is not enough time to do justice to Yellowstone National Park. But mm-hmm. it's a as a, as a national park that is a great one for kids under the age of ten because it's so well mapped out with the roads. You can get in the car, drive for thirty minutes at 25 or 30 miles an hour, talking, having a good time, get out, run the kids for a half an hour. Run the kids. Yep. Let them burn a little of that energy. But they also don't have the stamina. So you're not going on a seven-mile hike with elevation, right? They're going to get taxed out. So the 30 to 45 minutes of a nice short hike to go see something, check out wildlife or you know, a stinky geyser, then you get back in the car and you drive another half an hour. You strike me as kind of a guy that, enjoys the outdoors and I assume your kids do as well. We're trying to build that love in them, yes. Yes. Okay. I made two assumptions there and I think I think both I were both good. Whew. All right. <laughs> Nolan, you're not fresh off vacation. But no. let's let's do this. Aren't you are you going to Disney? Are you taking your crew to Disney this year? Uh we, we were eventually we were going to go in December, but that's now changed probably more towards February. Okay. Uh, just with prices and stuff like that. So okay. uh but yeah going to disney probably hopefully in february is this your family's first time to the land of mickey or uh, no this will be our fifth time whoa to the land of mickey so uh with all of us this fifth time with all of no, you no, no fifth time with with so 
now incorporating all six of us. Okay. Uh, going first time with all six of us. I'm gasping okay, so. because I think your youngest is close to my oldest. Don't you have close to a four-year-old? Uh, so she'll be four here in August, yeah, okay. so this next month. Okay, yeah. So I was going to say five times with all six would have been, yeah, wow, no, good no, for no, you. No, but no. <laughs> <laughs> no that would have been, been a little extreme. <laughs> all right, good deal. And yourself? Uh, so we will be going to Branson here at the at, – whenever this airs. This, that'll be toward the end of July. So we're actually pretty excited about that. We really have not gone anywhere as a family, my wife and I, since I think our oldest, she was pregnant with our oldest. So this will be a good opportunity just to to get away for a little while. And my boys are kind of getting to a point where not so much my youngest, but we're going to start to put together probably some family memories, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. So, yes. Cabin on the lake or... Condo. Condo. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a pretty good deal. We're going with another family and uh, their family has a condo down there. So the the room and board won't be completely on mom and dad on this one. So that's kind of a nice little <laughs> financial advantage. I that guess. works out well. So. All right, gentlemen, let's go ahead and dive into today's topic. And uh, hopefully everybody kind of remembers this has been a few episodes ago, but Paul Harms sprung a topic on us. And I mean sprung. Because basically we all sat down in the studio not really knowing what we were going to talk about. It was very much a, hey guys, you got 30 minutes? Come on down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we appreciated that. So (laughs) (laughs) now I'm going to try and flip the script. And I am a little afraid that I've bitten off more than I can chew. But we're just going to see how this goes. So, gentlemen, what do you guys know about how the brain learns? Yes, Mr. (laughs) Harms. For those not in the room, that was me raising my hand like the uh, kid in the back of the science class. Ooh, I know, I know. Uh, but I'll let you guys go first because I do know. Are you asking, so here's my my caveat on that. Is this the child brain, newborn, or is this adult brain? You know what? What do you know about either? <laughs> <laughs> that children are much more smarter than adults are as okay. far what they, as, as brain function goes. They okay. basically have an open access to... Uh, everything that the universe is able to offer them, children are able to pick up and kind of decipher. Adult brains have a lot harder time of being able to tap into that. That is very so. good. That That's leads it in nicely. Very good. Yeah. That leads it in nicely. Hans, take a stab. This was a science class. Like you went to a science level here, and <laughs> I am still trying to figure out what the question actually is. <laughs> so, look at how excited Paul is. That, over there. that was is also giddy. that was also the reason why when I he got so giddy, I'm like, I'm not sure I have even like attempt this question. Like it. <laughs> it's not nuts and bolts. I don't know what you're going with this. <laughs> it's not mechanical. <laughs> it's not mechanical. Paul, anything to add? Uh, yeah. So. This was the word that I shared with you the other day that Nolan teed up perfectly, which is neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It is basically the the pliant how, how pliant the the brain is and its ability to take in new memories and experiences or overcome damage to the physical brain as it changes and adds new neurons and um, makes new connections. Those are the memories. Those are the emotions. Those are the way we think and speak. You can continue to grow that, but Yes, at a young age, the brain doesn't have those habits and networks formed. It's forming those, so it is the most pliable and fast to learn. So I wouldn't have said the uh, kids are the most intelligent, but they have the highest rate of learning. Yeah, I think there's like 800 times more neurons in the infant brain than there is in an adult brain. 
Yep, because yeah. everything's new and no yep. one, nothing's laid in. There's no paths created. It's all open land work. Open I am land. so glad I am hosting this because this would have been so over my head. <laughs> 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 this was appropriate. It is appropriate that Tyler had to go back and do a bunch of homework to catch up to have this conversation <laughs> with the rest of you. Paul, do we have any neurosurgeons that listen to the podcast? I don't know about listen. Um, let's let's bank on no. We're targeting towards our dealer network, so let's okay. assume no. Good, because um, I'm going to give some of the research that I found on neuroplasticity. And if there were neurosurgeons listening, they might be screaming at their phone, their computer, oh, yes. however they're listening. So I'm going to butcher this probably, but this is kind of how I in- internalize it. But yes, to your point, neuroplasticity refers to the brain's ability to change and adapt as a result of experience. If you break it down, neuro refers to neurons or the nerve cells that are the building blocks of the brain. And plasticity doesn't really refer to plastic, but it's like a malleability, right? It's our ability to have our brains learn something, be trained, controlled, things of that nature. So Nolan actually brought up a fantastic point that the first few years of a child's life are basically a time of rapid brain growth. Um, So synapses are actually a small group of neurons that are making those connections, right, or carrying that information between neurons in the brain. So at birth, the child brain has about 2,500 synapses, and at the age of three, they're up to about 15,000. So I think you said 800, yeah, something like that, So, but yeah. These are these are rough numbers. So yeah, I can, I don't know either. So yeah. I, I was just knowing that it was a greater amount than the the adult brain is. A lot more. A lot more. Right? Yeah. So why is that? So the average adult only has about half of that, and that's because as we gain new experiences, we're making connections, right? And those synapses kind of become filled, mm-hmm. if you will. So we fill those synapses in our brain, right? We're we're constantly, yeah, just learning taking in information, filling those synapses, that over time, the more experiences that we have, the more strengthened that connection becomes, right? Right. I mean, so it's forming and reinforcing each time there is a synapse. You're basically saying it's reinforcing that experience, making that tie stronger. Paul, maybe you can correct me or help me out here. I don't know that I want to call it cognitive biases, but we have cognitive experience that have kind of formed or even cemented, if you will, the way we think. Is that fair? I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not knowledgeable enough to 100 percent say. But yeah, what, I would almost liken it to reflex, muscle memory, okay. habit. Right? You 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 see a light switch and you turn the light switch on without even thinking about the action of up is on, down is off. It's so ingrained that the sight of a light switch is an immediate behavior. Right? Yeah. That's that's the the strengthening. That that would be the analogy I use. That's a great analogy. Yeah, I think that works. Yeah. Okay, so here's what we're going to do now. We're going to take a little bit of a 90. Gentlemen, what is the last thing that you learned or were taught? So I don't want you to think about, I just learned today, horses sleep standing up. That's not That's not what we're, when's the last kind of skill or thing that you had to learn recently? Tell you what, I'm going to go first. I'm going to give you guys some thought. Time to think about this. I, I got a short, easy one. I learned this one from my wife daily. It's humility. Okay. <laughs> but go ahead. Give us a give us an honest answer. So, so Neil, for, if you're listening, make sure you keep him humble. Yes. <laughs> yes. Keep working on that. Uh, so for me, 
uh, I am trying to learn how to edit audio from our podcast more. That was something that I had really never done before. So I'm kind of learning a brand new program and learning a skill that I have never really done before. And so that would be the answer for me is uh, this is kind of something that, again, this is not just a factoid that I learned. This is kind of a a life skill or something that's probably going to take me multiple hours and sessions, if you will, to learn. What about for the rest of us? What's something that you've, you've learned or a project that you're working on, something that's kind of stretched you, caused you to grow? Yeah, so I, I I'll have to say kind of right there in the same thing. I'm now in my current role, uh, moved out of product support. I know some people have heard that. I'm, I'm in our IT team now here. So the processes of things that I'm going to be learning here have to do with a lot of IT management of programs. And one of the programs that we use for our MacBooks and Mac systems here is called Jamf. And uh, right now I've been diving deep into Jamf, and they have four main levels of their schooling. Um, and so I'll be doing that over the course of this next year, trying to learn into that so we can manage our Macs and iPads and all that good stuff here in our business. Okay. I got two. One was kind of a relearn. So driving through Wyoming or any of the, the Western states that have a lot of the mountains terrain, I've always been blown away by just the beautiful structure of the mountains and the striations that you can see. And I wanted to share that, but also give some of the understanding of what's actually being shown there. So I did a relearn of geology along with the kids so we could kind of understand the beauty that we were seeing, you know, metamorphic, igneous, sedimentary rocks, those kind of things. Um, So that was a fun refresh. Um, And then the book I'm currently reading right now is uh, Principles by Ray Dalio, uh, who's an investment principal um, manager. And he is sharing the principles that he built his business with. And um, hearkening back to uh, Kaufmanism, one of the things that Justin always had was preference over principle or preference versus principle and how you manage the the dichotomy between those two. Some things are hard and fast. This is a principle. We don't cross this line. Others are, that's a preference. I would do it this way, but you do it that way. It's it's not a good, bad, or otherwise. So it's a it's an interesting book that's strengthening those learnings. Okay. Uh, so I was thinking a little bit about some of the things um, I've been working on in the past couple, couple of months. Um, and one of the things I, I spent a fair bit of time in something that was new to me that I have never really worked with before. Um, I was putting in a organizing a big toolbox and just trying to figure out how to position all the stuff, cut out the foam, organize, make it look like it's logically top to bottom. It's stuff I've done before in the context of like, this is an idea that I've always had, but actually putting it onto into practice and actually doing it start to finish. Um, methodical application. Methodical application of that and oh. understanding was okay. Why am I putting this tool here? Where am I putting this tool here? What's the logical sequence between each one of these? Um, it was kind of a learning experience for me to go back through and build from the ground up why I'm doing it that way. Um, That's awesome, the two stages. So I was doing much more of the theoretical and learning the abstract where you had already done the abstract and the thought process right. before and got to play in on the tactical and the hands-on right. aspect of the learning side. Yeah. I had my theories of why I wanted to do it the way it was before. And then Did those I actually, hold? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> so the the uh, the theory held, the ap- practical application was tough to hold and actually accomplish what the theory wanted to do. So what I wanted to accomplish wasn't always physically possible. 
was where I ran into trouble with it. Awesome learning. I'm guessing too that you have probably multiple tool sets at your house or at the farm. Yeah, none of them, none of them are as organized as the one I just finished. <laughs> I was just gonna say those are probably or they're Hans organized, right? They're in a way that you know where things are. You can Mostly. grab things quickly. Yes. In this case, I think you're kind of you're you're doing this more for anyone can. Yes. Mm-hmm. This one is supposed to be more of a broader aspect for anybody to try and be able to use. So it was more of a challenge to try and think outside of my way of doing it into a general consensus way of doing it. Okay. So there was improvement. Uh, possibly. It needs to be improved again. <laughs> First time through, you never get it right. But that's a great mindset to have of, um, I can do better. Yeah. And I can still do better. Yeah. What else? Is there anything else that as you, as you kind of look at your life, your, your marriage, your, we're all fathers here, uh, work, is there anything else that you're, you're actively learning and working on to grow? Parenting is always a challenge. Mm. And parenting has, for me, has been just a continual learning aspect, um, just just one of the experiences that I got to work with this the weekend was at the family reunion. My son got very upset on the fact that he made an out during the wiffle ball game. And it was a not just of an upset of I, I'm mad that I got I am bawling tears running off the field type of experience. Oh. Um, and so I had a hour long conversation with my son about the impacts of what actually happened and why was he upset about the whole thing. Um, and it was just the learning aspect of how to train your kid to understand the importance of competition, but understand the importance of um, being able to control where you're at in life and where your emotions are and what the proper response is to those emotions. Um, if anyone has great advice on how to do that, I would be open for any information on that because I still don't know how to do it well. But that's something that I think is just the learning aspect for me is trying to deal with that type of thing. Um it's always something I'm still trying to figure out. That probably shouldn't ever stop. No, it never does. Because and be, since you've had a question or conversation one, when child is age this, yeah. As soon as they're a different age, the learning has to change, and the, their the learning te- changes, but my chain teaching changes has to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're continually having to raise your game or level. And think three steps, six steps, eight steps ahead to keep their vision down the road far enough and and still make it close enough that it lands and is impactful. Yeah. It's a it's like hats off, man. And I'd have to say you're using your neuroplasticity in that because <laughs> thinking back oh, to skills. processes and skills that you've learned nice. over so, years. Wonderful roundabout now. Yeah, thank you. I'm also thinking that recently in a golf game, I may or may not have hit a poor shot and also had a similar reaction to what you're I can't imagine that you went screaming, (laughs) crying. All right, let's keep this moving. (laughs) All right. So as we think about those things, Hans, your toolbox. I mean, there's a piece of that, too, that you're kind of thinking through and maybe asking questions of others of how – how would you recommend doing this, right? Paul, geology was one of the ones you brought up. Mm-hmm. Nolan, your software program. Me, editing audio. Knowing that we, as adults, and I use that term loosely. Thank you. <laughs> have some muscle memory in the way we've learned, right? We've made strong connections and neurons in our, our brains. Knowing that we have some of those 
connections and and I don't know if I want to say preconceived notions, but I love Paul's analogy of 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 muscle memory. Things we've kind of made a connection on and our brain has made easy for us. How were you able to overcome those things, if you will, and learn something new? Maybe what I'm asking is what was the attitude with which you approached those things? So for me, the act of learning is actually enjoyment. Like I phys- I just enjoy the continual act of improvement, of learning, of challenge to get better. Um, so for me, that that there's always a desire on my part to continue to change and improve and improve if change is needed, so be it. But it's that goal for improvement. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, I was trying to think of uh, if it was improvement for improvement's sake or if it was a, a challenge to improve. Uh, if it was something that you weren't actually, because you were saying, what kind of attitude do you go into that? So the question would be, is this something that's a challenge to try to get through, or is it something that you're wanting to get through or, or wanting to learn? I think for me that's a big difference, because if it's something that I'm, I'm wanting to learn or interested in, it's going to be easy and probably not that hard to, to learn that. If it's a if it's a challenge or something I really don't want to put my focus, my time and energy into, but I still need to learn for dot 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 reason, uh, that changes the aspect of that and how long I need to then try to focus my attention to try to push some of those boring things out of my mind. And, it's need and, versus yeah, want. Need versus want. Yeah. Yeah. So those things that you need to do but don't have the desire, the want yeah. behind it are more challenging. Yeah. So it's interesting listening to this because as I was starting the project with the toolbox, I, I was getting ready to go work on it. My wife I was like, you'll enjoy this. Like, you'll, you'll have a lot of fun with this. Like, organizing stuff you'll be fun at. And I was like, yes, but I don't know how to do it. Like, I don't know how to accomplish my end goal of getting everything. And the perfectionist in me says, I can't get it exactly the way it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's like, but that's the goal. My wife's like, that's the goal of it. Go do it. That's the fun part of it. You'll have fun doing it. It's like, no, I won't because I will, I will struggle with to figure out learning how to do it and get it right was the concern part of me. So when I went into it, I was like, I need to get it done, but I'm terrified of actually going ahead and starting the project because I know I'm going to have to cut it apart three times just to get it the way it's supposed to be. And so that process, that the learning part for me was trying to, was actually to overcome the, the challenge of getting it wrong and the challenge of doing it multiple times to get it to where it was supposed to be done. So the, the perfectionist nature of Hans that makes Hans who you are also was a limiter to you getting started oh, yes. because you knew the first iteration, that first stab at it was not going to meet your standard. And that was a a, a friction to you getting started because yeah. Yeah. it wouldn't be the perfection. Mm-hmm. And that was also was the other part of it was because this was also something that was beyond just me. I was trying to encompass 15 different voices and opinions to make the perfect solution. So I think what I'm hearing is in, in most every case. Okay, so let me back up. For me, I desired to learn a new, what I thought could be a skill that would serve me well, right? Um, I also think that video, audio editing, those are, in a lot of ways, ways of the future, right? That's not a skill that I think is going to be irrelevant in the next five years. That was something that I wanted to get into. Um, 
And so that's why I, I also, I mean, it has a practical use here at work, right? We need to have audio edited. Man, if anybody has ever heard our audio <laughs> before it actually goes out for broadcast, um, we need editing. <laughs> Tyler, what are you saying about my voice? So moving on. <laughs> Wrong pronoun. Our. <laughs> our. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to do, to, to start to get into some editing of podcast audio. So what I think I'm hearing from everybody here at the table is that you were open and willing. Fair? Yeah. I'd say that's fair. Okay. I'd curious. <gasps> Dang it, Paul. Okay. So Hans teed this up perfectly. <laughs> so oh boy. in doing some research for this podcast, I came across a study from Fox News. And I'd like to share this a little bit because we've kind of poked at this a little bit. And I'm going to try and actually put some legs underneath of it. So because children explore more than adults, this helps them to learn better than grownups, according to this study. So basically what the study said is that if an adult tries to pick something new up and they instantly get a negative result, they're highly unlikely to try it again. Okay? I think you you talked about that a little bit in wanting to the perfectionist side of you, right? I don't want to mess this up, Hans. Yep. Okay. And basically the other thing that this study kind of calls out is this is even kind of a behavior that lab rats exhibit, right? You shock a lab rat, they don't want to take that same path down the maze to get to the cheese, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not an, an uncommon behavior or it's an understandable behavior in adults. Children, on the other hand, are not as deterred because, Paul, they are naturally curious. Exactly. So basically this study took a group of kids and a group of adults and it put them through kind of this game where they loaded blocks onto a machine and the machine would light up. And when it did, they got a prize consisting of a star, right? This group of adults versus group of kids. But if the machine didn't light up, they lost twice as much. And there was a rule that by doing this, by loading these blocks onto this machine, they were trying to figure out the rule that the machine had. Okay. So most of the children were able to figure out the rule correctly, whereas 70% of the adults couldn't. But the children earned much fewer stars in doing it. Translation, they didn't care as much about not getting the star or failing the first time. So the person conducting this study goes on to say that the experiment kind of showed that adults often leap to conclusions faster, while children are more willing to explore and gather information before they decide on a result. So all of this to come back around and to say, I think what we're kind of poking at or identifying is, Paul, if I'm going to learn something new, what are three good characteristics or traits that I should have going into that? The I think you named, named them earlier. Well, I'm coming back to you because you were the one that planted these seeds in my mind. <laughs> that's the open. <laughs> feels only right that yeah. I should come back to you. That's uh, the open mind. i got to be open-minded, curious, and then a willingness to change or a willingness to adjust your mindset. So it's an open mindset, curiosity, and then a willingness to take in that new information and not just bias it out. So you're saying that it's this way because we've always done it this way doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 that's, that's what we do here at work. And, and we're, we're all in on it at work here of how can we get, how can we do better? That's our goal is to, how can we do better? Well, that inherently says 
not that this is bad, but that we can do better. So I will change, improve, adjust, modify as needed. Some would even say we believe in better. Yes, we do. <laughs> Thoughts on this conversation, gentlemen? I think it's a good challenge to think about how do we, how do we learn? Like what's the next step if we're going to learn something new? And that's whether that's a small fact or whether that's a, a skill set. What are you approaching that concept from? So if you think of it in the context of smarter every season, what are you learning for next year? I think we're just going to leave that an open-ended question. I think that's a great challenge mm-hmm. for everybody in this room and everybody listening. Mm-hmm. Love it. What are the thoughts? When I think of neuroplasticity, I think of the way that um, magicians and performance artists trick your brain from your neuroplasticity. So it's kind of the other side of it where they've learned and they've done things over and over again to try to trick your synapses that you've created in your brain and go past those. It's a whole other science there that I find really interesting too. So for me, the I love the the fact that the brain is a wonderfully pliant muscle tissue, whatever it is. Um, and the fact that I mean, you can have brain damage and still like physical, like part of the lobes are missing and the brain can work its way around and give you that functionality back yeah. over time. Well, the the inverse of that or a corollary to that is you can add, you can get back to some of that appliance, that plasticity that we had as kids by forcing your brain through new experiences, new memories, broaching new topics, you know, exposing yourself outside of your comfort zone can reintroduce some of that and you'll you'll be more mentally nimble by challenging yourself, by by forcing the brain to exercise and work harder and instead of relying on habit actually forcing it to work you're basically we go back to those as you were talking about your the fusion or your the, the habit piece you're talking about you're actually realigning pieces because you they don't actually not everything is on lineup basically mm-hmm. so i don't remember the uh, the name of the author but there's a book out there called atomic habits and it's a good read um i actually struggled a bit with the the format but the the message is really good in and of his mindset is your brain likes to do patterns and habits so to improve, make each action or thing that you want to learn, the goal being I'm going to add a new habit, right? I'm going to make my bed, right? I need to get up and, and thoughtfully, intentionally make my bed every morning at this, you know, as soon as I get up, make my bed because I like walking into my bedroom, having a nice, clean, made bed. Once I establish that habit, now my brain doesn't have to think about it after it becomes a habit. It's a routine. It's an. It's it's not a something you have to expend mental energy on. That means I now can reinvest that mental energy elsewhere, learning, gaining, gathering a new habit to build on and make my repertoire stronger and more capable. That's a simplified version, but you can extrapolate that out to a new software version. So as Tyler's going through um, his role in tackling new and interesting tasks, and something comes up that's AV related, audio video related. He's got that habit built of, yes, I can, I can capture this roughly and do the edit work because I know how that works now. Yeah. I just thought it was cool when I was digging in and doing some research on neuroplasticity. I, I had heard things before that, like, kids learn better than adults. Mm-hmm. Basically, what I thought was interesting is that 
it almost feels like kids are more inclined to stick with something than adults. They're more naturally curious. Willing to fail. Yeah, they than don't adults. They view failure as failure. They, learn, they view it as learning. Yes. Yeah, and I thought that was the really neat thing um, because I think you kind of alluded to it, Nolan, in the opening around how kids learn. Mm-hmm. It's probably not likely that if Hans jumps into a brand new tractor, let me back up. If you jump into a brand new tractor, you can probably learn the controls pretty quickly, right? You've got a lot of experience there. It comes more naturally to you, given your previous experiences. But if you and, say, a young kid have to learn a brand new language, something that's brand new to both of you. He'll learn it far better than I will. Guarantee it. And that may be. I think the point (laughs) that I'm trying to make there is because all of us, I'm I'm calling you out or I'm picking on you just for the sake of the example, have in our minds the connections on how the English language I had to break them first to right. learn something else. Right. Let me let me step back ten you know ten feet and, and give you a little higher level. Yes. So experience is hugely valuable when you're making a minor change, a different tractor that you've never been in, but you've been in a lot of tractors, right? So experience will get Hans to a to an efficacy or a, or a high efficiency very quickly because it, it's immediately applicable to the new thing. But when you take that and try to try to expand that to a new where that experience is not applicable, applicable, sorry, um, the experience is actually a hindrance because you keep trying to apply the experience to the new subject or, or exercise that it's not applicable to. And it's actually a hindrance at that point where a child's brain doesn't have that experience. So everything is new. They don't have that immediate shortcut working. They have to develop each one. So that's why their development path, to me, would be faster. So let me pull this back because I want to make sure that the the take home or the point is is we've properly conveyed it. Basically, what we've kind of identified here is anytime we're going to learn something new, I think it's about a cognitive effort to be open, willing, and curious. Right? Those are the kind of three things that we identified. Does that seem fair? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Good talk. This was fun. <laughs> Paul, how did I do? Good. I would add a, a couple notes here. This, oh, this is really okay. good. This would be on the tactics side. I want to leave the listeners with something, how, how to take this thought exercise and actually apply it. Oh, good. Yes. It would be, um, one, get out of your comfort zone. Right. Take in something new. Read. Watch a YouTube. Do something that challenges you physically or emotionally. I don't like to do that. What else you got? Okay. Um, <laughs> that one's off to table's walls. You no, can't do that. Good. Comfort that's zones, good. you can't do that. <laughs> so if you're in that process, then also bring a pen and paper. Right? Mm. Jot down notes. Write a journal. Write a letter to yourself, your future self, or your kids. Right? Put something down on pen Pencil is for brainstorming. Pen is for goals and work through. It's okay if it changes, but you need to see the strike throughs and the and the learning, the path that it took. And and the last part would be bring a friend, right? They're going to give you feedback. They're going to give you accountability. They're going to give you encouragement. They'll help you see blind spots. All of these are great tools and tactics to help you work through that new process, right? So I would say like, get out of your comfort zone. Take notes bring a journal, bring a pen and paper, and bring a friend. Love it. All right, on that note, there's a few other things that we got to do before we wrap up this episode. There's going to be some changes coming to Smarter Every Season. Uh, 
you know, you have been listening to this episode. You, the listener, have been listening to the original four hosts of Smarter Every Season. Myself, Hans. I, I tried to combine Hans and Paul. See yeah. what my brain did there? That's interesting. You're learning something new. You learned a new name. Mm-hmm. I don't I, know where it applies to, but it's a new name. Well, if we're <laughs> Hall, we need oh. an Oats. <laughs> Settle down, Pons. <laughs> Hans, Paul, and Nolan and myself. Um, Nolan and Paul, I'm going to kind of give you guys the floor space because you guys are going to take on some new challenges. Nolan, <laughs> you have already kind of touched on this, yeah. but uh, you're moving into a new area in your career. I am. I'd like for you to discuss that or if you are comfortable, yeah, kind of talk a little bit about what that's going to look like. Yeah, so uh, it was going to be a technical aspect that I was going to be doing within product support, but then in true Caleb, our manager's fashion style, he had discussions with other leaders in the group, and it, it seemed like my skill set would be a better function for the company in a whole. So I've now moved over to our IT team as an IT analyst there, and I'm looking forward and, and working on getting some processes and functionality in for some strategic movement in our company as a whole, and just some management profiles of all of our computers and everything to kind of move us into the next future going here. So I'm really excited to get that. It is a mountain climb right now because I just started in that and I'm seeing the uh, the, the peak continuing to climb as I'm <laughs> being put into different <laughs> things here. But I think that will really definitely be something that, as we've talked here, it's going to really challenge my, my mindset on some things and I'm going to have to learn some new things, but I'm excited to do that. Awesome. He's def- awesome. definitely outside of your comfort zone. It's outside of the comfort zone. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> It is going to be good for our company. It's a good fit for you. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for you on that. But what that means is, obviously, that's going to pull you away from this podcast. That's correct. Yeah, it'll pull me away. Yeah, and so for almost the last two years, you've been an active member here. I've loved working with you, um, and I wish you all the best. Oh, thank you. And I don't want this to be... Well, I'm not leaving the company, so I'm well, still here yet. Right, so. but I don't want... This is not a door closing on Nolan no. ever being on the podcast yeah. again. No, I think we need to come. He needs to come back again. We'll make <laughs> and, sure we and, bring him back. And for the for the listener, there was a lot of times where Nolan may not have been present on the mic, yeah, but he was supporting an, an active member in making this podcast what it has been. Yeah, and we couldn't have done it without him. Yeah, the hours of audio listening over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> again, we will need help on the editing side. <laughs> Paul, it's your turn. Um, yes. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a little bit on my side of, of just wanting to delay the inevitable. So for me, I will be, um, if you haven't heard yet or haven't had an opportunity to, to reach out personally, I will be stepping away from precision planting. Um, this is been a a wonderful home for me for the last uh, almost 15 years Um, I have developed lifelong friendships and coworkers that have been a blessing to me in my growth Um, but an opportunity has has shown up and I think that I can take on a new challenge and be of better service to our sister company Headsight so I will be taking a new role with Headsight in Indiana. So I will be physically moving away. Um, I think Dave phrased it nicely that uh, I will still be part of the Agco family. I will just be cousin status instead of um, immediate family. So I will I will not be around as often. But hopefully you guys know my number. My number's not changing. You can always reach out and we can have some of these conversations. 
I love it. I am to add a little bit more, just some more background on mine. Um, Headside is a uh, a company with a lot of opportunity and a lot of growth. And while I had no desire to walk away from or step away from uh, precision planning, I am super excited about getting to take part in another journey and a new adventure. And that's something that has always charged my wife and I. Uh, and we want to share that with our kids as we take on new adventures and new challenges and meet those with excitement. And uh, while I'm sad to leave and not have the daily interactions that I have had here. Um, I'm also excited about the new opportunities. Uh, so for me, it's very bittersweet. I think it's an excellent term for it, but wish me the luck. I'm going to, I'm going to need all the, the best wishes I can because it's, it's upheaval. We have four kids. It's a new territory, um, but it's an awesome life adventure. And that's, it's kind of what we embrace. Sounds like a lot of growth and learning. Oh yeah. yeah. So from a practical standpoint, that means of course, Nolan and Paul uh, won't, be playing an active role or as as an active of a role on the podcast. I am not I am not going to use the words that make it sound like there's a door closed here. I want you both to know that you're welcome back anytime on the podcast. But what it means is that's probably going to be pretty few and far between. And we understand that. Um, we thank you so much, Paul, for your service to Precision Planning. Nolan, you're staying with Precision. Yeah. Obviously, just uh, not on the product support team. Um, I just... I'm excited for the both of you in this new chapter. Um, Paul, it will be hard not to see you here every day, but it's been awesome working for it with you. And uh, again, I'm excited for the opportunity for you because I think you're excited about it too. So Very much. Yeah. So just thank you guys practically for everything you've done with this podcast. Thank you. Um, to the company as a whole, but specifically here on the podcast. I've received many blessings and I am very appreciative of that, sir. Good. Yeah. This podcast would have never gotten off the ground if it hadn't been for the two of you to keep pushing and driving it and just making sure it got going. Uh, so there, there were four solid pillars on this. Well, yeah. there, there the were, compliment, Paul. But, there, <laughs> but there was, but there was a, there was a driving force that made it happen. So, um, and, but yes, I also will echo Tyler's comments as well. It's bittersweet to see you leave. Um, just a, I'm really excited for you in the role there. I think you'll do well there. But um, in 11 years of being here, I don't think I would be what I am today in this company without having worked alongside you. So I really do appreciate your your efforts and your input. And, and no one you is – you're not leaving, so I, no. you're, you're still getting input. <laughs> I'll still be so, around. So you can still drive me. You yeah. can still, still push me and drive me along as, well, as we go. So, But I do appreciate Paul. Thank you. Uh, my wife has gotten help on the humility side because that is immensely humbling. Thank you. I will say that my wife was very upset when you, uh, when when I told her that what was happening. She was very irate. So yeah. you you were not on her good list for a while. No. I'm I'm a I'm a permanent resident there. In the, in the <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of Smarter Every Season before anybody starts to get a little teary eyed. Mm-hmm.